0: Hey, I'm Michael Durinda, and I'm Jake Bennett, and welcome to episode 117
1: of the North Meet Southwear podcast. Hey, everybody! Welcome, welcome, welcome! It is Saturday here. this Saturday night, and I have got a big. You may be able to see the back of my neck, Michael. See how red it is. Oh, right there? is that sunburn? Have it you is have sunburn. you been
0: getting? You've been getting my sun.
1: I have, been. I stole it. I stole that sun from Auss, Aussie land. It was a beautiful day out today. And my wife decided that she wanted more rock in the rock beds in the back mm-hmm. of our house. And so So I, you handed was, her a shovel and a bag of rocks and mm-hmm. said see you later? Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what I didn't do. No, I would not do that. My my wife does so much for me. And I was actually gone Tuesday through Thursday <laughs> at a conference this week for work. Ah. So so yeah, I you know, at the very least I owed her helping with with some rock. So Anyway, mm-hmm. I was I was happy to do it, but it was um, it was a lot. We I, I had two tons of rock delivered yesterday, so I moved two tons of rock oh. today. Two tons by yourself? Surely you got some help. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I mean, she helped me. Um, my eleven-year-old helped a little bit, but we spread it all out into like a single layer. Like we'd kick off some, and like mm-hmm. spread it out onto a tarp, and then power wash it because it was really like muddy, like dirty too. Power mm-hmm. wash it, scoop it into a wheelbarrow, take it in the backyard, dump it out, spread it. And then do it again, over and 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 over and, uh, and over and over again. Rinse,
0: rinse and repeat. Two
1: tons of it, and my neck mm-hmm. is really red. And I'm thankful. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thankful. My back is doing okay right now. I, I was try to be really intentional and careful about not not lifting with my back, but lifting with my legs and stuff. So, anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. it was uh it was a good day, but I got some serious sun, and I am tired. I'm really tired. Yeah, so. yeah. Hope you hope you kept hydrated because all of, all of that kind of like
0: mm-hmm. physical because. We are not physical creatures, typically us programmers, and so yeah, true. when uh you know when we go out and do that kind of stuff, all of a sudden it's very easy to uh, work you know to overwork yourself, yeah, and yeah. and to sort of like get dehydrated, especially in the sun. Doing that kind of stuff is just uh, fraught with danger. So I hope hope you wake sure. up okay tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. I actually it was funny because my my one daughter, Sailor is her name. She went and got me a bunch of water today, so. She was my she was my water runner. So every every little bit, I'd say, Sailor, I'd open the door. Sailor, yeah, Daddy. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you go get me some water? Sure. So she'd go get me a big glass of water. And nice. then when I'd need a refill, Sailor, <laughs> it sort of became like a joke. She was like, you need mm-hmm. more water? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay. she would go get more water. Yeah, it was fun. So anyway, yeah, it was Very a good nice. day. I was actually hoping to get the pool open today as well, but not happening. It did, did not happen. Not so maybe yeah, tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So anyway, tomorrow is another day. Tomorrow is another day. What's life been going on for you there?
0: Life is life is quite good. Um, other than, you know, heading heading into the, the winter part of the year, which I'm not looking forward to. I don't I don't like the cold, but um, we've we've had like those late autumn days where some of them we've been in trackies and and jackets and jumpers and stuff like that because it's been cold. And yesterday it was it was a bit warmer. And today I went outside to, to take the rubbish out and it was it was, you know, warm. I'm like, oh, I am in. Track pants, and it's you know, it's it's still so it's like in that in between thing, and and sleeping is tricky as well because you go to bed and you're yeah. hot and you wake up and it's cold and and you don't know whether you should be you know putting a yeah. like a nightshirt on or, or or what. So it's it's right. just that like weird time of year. But um, we went yesterday. I took Eli to his first uh first footy game. Oh, that's because so it was uh we had a we had a twilight game. Um, which meant that you know I could get him to the game and back home in time for bed. Nice, because we play a lot of like night games, so it's seven o'clock Friday night, Saturday, hot out, you know, right? it's,
1: I mean, yeah, that's well, a bit yeah, a bit and cleaner.
0: so well, yeah, and like you know, nighttime, it's it's tricky because it's like he's he might push to eight for bedtime, but yeah. you know, if the game starts at seven, we're not finished mm-hmm. till ten. Right, it's, right. It's just like too much, and especially with like taking him to his first game there's you know thousands of people there and it's noisy and all that kind of stuff so um we've we've got Anzac Day this weekend so it's a, a long weekend and so as part of the the pre-match they do the Anzac observance and they and they go through um you know have the the armed forces come out and we do the um ode of ode of remembrance and all that kind of stuff so it was um it was a good opportunity for him not only to get to his first game but to kind of experience a bit of that anzac tradition um now that he's a bit older and and like they talked about it at child care this week so he kind of had a bit of a understanding of what was going on but because of that you know we we planned to get to the game a bit earlier and and make sure that we were there for all of that pre-match stuff and so i was i was very prepared for mm-hmm. eli to have like had enough come yeah, sure. the start of the game and, yeah. and want to go home yep set good um,
1: expectations for yourself yeah but
0: he he was he was just a little champ yesterday. That's awesome. He you know That's he was awesome. a bit like I was worried that because he gets overwhelmed with crowds. Yeah, sure. Um, you know because there's a lot a lot of people and a lot of noise. But he was like straight through the turnstiles into the ground. He didn't have any issues with all of the people there. He he came down to his seat and because we sit right at the front on the fence, so it's not like he had people in front of him to, sure. to contest with. He was he was like the person in front. So you know that was really good. And and there was a couple of moments early on where they had. Um, you know, they play music, so it's quite loud. And so the crowd get into it, and there were a few times where he was covering his ears because it was too loud yeah, for him. And yeah. And they set off some pyrotechnics when the when the team comes into the stadium. So um, I said, like, those black boxes over there, they're going to blow up. You're going to see some fireworks. So just so he was prepared for it. But it was good. Um, he's kind of like uh, five or six weeks into into using the potty now, so we're still in that treacherous territory of, like, Will he let us know in time?
1: Yep, yeah, yeah. Um, that
0: that he needs to go and like, <laughs> oh it's, man. it's not like we're going from like the lounge room to the to the toilet at home. Right. You have to run up the stairs yeah, exactly. from like the front up, and then you have to make sure that there's you know get a toilet wow, that's brave free. Man. And brave man. So he he was really good. Um, he survived all of that. He he had the footy food. We've we've got um a book called Why I Love Footy, and so we've been reading that. That's hilarious. For the last week or so, just to kind of like get him an understanding of. What was happening and you know so we went through and i just reminding him like remember this bit from the book we're doing this bit from the book he was super pumped with the with the mascot um by the end of the game he's like i don't want to go home (laughs) oh dude that is awesome
1: dude that's like it literally um, does sound like it couldn't have gone any better it was it was four hours
0: like everything that i had anticipated that would be against us in terms of like him wanting to be there and and enjoying the experience and Fortunately, our team turned up this week. Like we, we've lost our first five games and we have, and they've been like spectacular losses in terms of like just getting belted. So the the team turned up, like we won by, um, we won by, uh, 12 goals. So it was a, it was a convincing win against a a very terrible opposition. So, and he, (laughs) and he got up at the end of his own court and he was like cheering when the, when the team song came on and, and, uh, they hand out like signed footballs at the end of the game, and one of the players came and it was like making a beeline straight for us. I'm like, Eli, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get a footy here. This is great, and he was like, I don't want a footy, and he buried his head in my shoulder. And the player went, Okay, I'm going over there. Oh so he, no. he missed out on the on the sign ball. But they had they had um they let everyone onto the field after the game last night, and they had a whole bunch of free footies to give out. So he got himself a footy, and yeah, he just didn't want to go home. So, and then we got home it was around eight, seven thirty eight, and straight to bed. Got, Good man. Uh, that's good. awesome.
1: That's awesome. I'm super stoked for you guys. You got to. Do and it. he's that's, like, that's so when are we cool. going again? Yeah. And I'm like, well, if he's
0: asking to go again, then you know, he's Definitely. had he's had an enjoyable. Like, he didn't watch the game. He had no interest really. What in what was going on 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 the ground? Like, he's never really watched a game on TV because, like I said, they're at night, so he doesn't really see them anyway. Sure, but sure. Um, it was good maybe as he gets a little bit older though.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's really what you want. Mm. That's what you want right now. Yeah. It's just kind of fun experiences. That's I'm I'm coaching my daughter's basketball team right now. And they're like 6-year-olds and it's like, yeah, we're just mm-hmm. kind of going for fun right now, you know. I just mm-hmm. want them to have a good experience they come back to the game. Uh that's awesome though. Hey, so we've got a couple things uh we wanted to talk about today. We've been working no on the no Vim. Vim Tell stuff. Everyone. Yeah, so basically it's on me, right? I mean um I've been using I I have been using Vim more. A lot more, mm-hmm. actually. It's been really enjoyable. I've loved using it. Um, awesome. And so I feel like I'm getting better at it. I feel like I'm getting faster at it, and I feel like I'm learning more every day. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. using it, loving it. So mission accomplished. I'm I'm di- I'm on the path, right? I've been looking at the videos yeah. that you threw in our show notes, and like been watching some mm-hmm. of those videos, from like T Pope and and some of those other guys. And so it's it's been really really fun. I've, I'm enjoying myself. That's so That's cool. Um, but yeah, like I, in the last mm, two weeks, I haven't done as much homework. Um, and mm-hmm. so I didn't have a lot of questions. So I figured we would kind of take a quick break from the Vim stuff and maybe we can come back to it in another episode. Yeah. Um, but I had a particularly, mm, I have this question that's been sort of stumping me uh, for a bit and I don't have a good answer for it. So I figured maybe we could just talk it through and you might have some interesting uh, ideas to throw at this. Mm. So can I just, just quickly yeah.
0: circle back, back on, onto Vim? Yeah, sure. I am. I had to do a, a screen share with a couple of my teammates at work on Friday just to go through, like, we had some N plus one issues.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. And
0: I identified them and I said, you know, we, we've got to get this done and the, the work got scheduled. And so I sat down with them to, to sort of go through where we're at with the code and, and like, what's currently happening and where it's happening and, and what we're trying to achieve in terms of, like, fixing that issue for, you know, long-term scalability and efficiency and all that kind of stuff. And I I was talking for like an hour as we went through and we tried to figure out exactly where the issue crept in and how we could you know get around it and things like that. And about three quarters of the hour, in, uh, uh, three quarters of an hour into this, they're like, "What's your editor? That looks super cool." And I'm like, "Oh man, it, I think." And I find like people people may not know Vim, but when they see someone who knows how to use it, they're always um like when people see me and they're always kind of like amazed by by the usage of it. But I'm like I hope they took something away
1: from this beyond just I have a pretty editor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> like there's more to it than just the skin on the outside of it, right? Like yeah. it's all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes that makes it really usable yeah. and interesting. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. Like I think, I said, it's, it's I think from fun. an
0: ob- I think from an observation point of view, it's possibly not the best tool. Um just because like the idea is that you do everything from from the keyboard. Sure. And so you know, when I'm running around and I'm mashing keys and like things are just opening and appearing and splits are opening here and there and we're jumping between files and things like that, it's not as obvious for a, for an observer who's like not used, not used to Vim. Whereas something like, you know, VS Code or PHP Storm, where you have the UI and the expectation is that you're going to click around a bit to open things up and make it sort of obvious, um, which is something that kind of, I had to stop and think about in terms of like, if I'm going to do videos, um or or content like I don't think it's enough to just do video you really need to explain it and you really need to kind of dig in a little bit in terms of what you're doing um and maybe like some written stuff to go along with it so sure just gave me yeah. f- food for thought oh, just yeah it's a good point know, that that kind of a reaction is is quite common like doesn't matter what what you post like Wilbur Powery messaged me during the week after I tweeted some stuff out and he's like that's all nice and all but what what's your
1: vim setup <laughs> no yeah exactly exactly what editor is that? Yeah, that's a Jeffrey Way mm-hmm. put something together right because it was like literally everybody would watch a video and then every the first comment was always, "Yeah, what's that editor? what's that theme? What what's that font? Like what color scheme is that she's mm-hmm. using?" You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, "Okay." And so he finally just put something out there like, you know, "Here's here's what I'm using." So. Yeah. Okay, so let me let me set up the context here. So we've got these um maybe you saw David Hemphill's little board that he has. Have you seen that? What's that called? It's like uh, I don't know. I can't remember what it's called. It's a little, it's a little like LED board. He has like whip on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what that's called. What is this awesome, cool little LED board that he has? I think Matt Stauffer has one too, which they're they're Mm -hmm. fun. But at work, we actually have now three of these things. They're called Vesta boards. And oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. they are so freaking cool. You should go look it up right now. And so what it is, is it's an analog board. And there are, like, I think six or seven different colors on it. And then every character, um, well, not every, every you know, all 26 letters of the English alphabet. Mm-hmm. And then some characters and stuff, too. And what it does is, like, if you've ever been to, like, a, maybe an old train station or something and, like, a new train is mm-hmm. coming in, it does that, like,
0: and, sh- flip. sh- yeah. like, and yeah, that's it flips cool.
1: down. And then it shows, like, the train is coming in at this time or whatever, right? So, basically, it's a programmable... Uh, panel. It's not an LED. It's analog little flippers. Mm -hmm. And so it's Mm -hmm. amazingly cool. It's so fun when you send a message to it and it flips through all of the stuff and then whatever. And so we have one at our north location and two at our south locations. Uh, And they're all kind Mm -hmm. of synced together, which is really cool. But what we want to do is we want to utilize them so that they're all synced together, but then we can do like scheduled announcements and things like that. Right? So we have all sorts of... Yeah, you got it. What?
0: I'm like, this is wild. I wonder if I could get one of these. Four thousand one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> oh yeah, not. they're not cheap.
1: <laughs> they're not cheap. When we got them, I think the first one we got was like twenty five hundred. Mm-hmm. And there actually is a place where you can get them cheaper. I'll tell you though, when we were first looking these things up, they were like fifteen thousand. Like the yeah, one wow. that we found, like this was the this was the most economical one we could find. Mm-hmm. And I think the first one we bought was like twenty five hundred, and that was like two years ago maybe something like that Mm -hmm. we were we were on like the waiting list two years ago and we finally got it like a year ago um so anyway they're, they're super fun it's got an api and you can push to it and all that good stuff right okay so that being said the thing i'm sort of struggling with is um this schedule now if you just had like a schedule uh it's super easy right you just have like mm-hmm. you you schedule them all out and that's the schedule for the day and when the time arrives you push it to the api and you're done right and mm-hmm. that's all well and good and that that does happen so like at the beginning of the day i know all the birthdays and anniversaries for any employees that happen today and so what i can do is i can say i am going to change this every 30 minutes and i am going to take all of the birthdays and anniversaries that are happening today and i will uh, loop, basically loop over them. And every 30 minutes I will schedule, you know, I will schedule one of them throughout the day. Right. So on the 30 minute mark, every, you know, on the 30 minute and on the hour, it will switch fine. Okay, great. Those are scheduled announcements. I I know when those are going to happen, I can create those in advance and then I just schedule them. So right now, sort of what that looks like is I have a, a model, a database table called Vestaboard announcement. And the announcement that you're pushing in actually is an array. A uh, it's a, an array of six uh, twenty-two character long or twenty-two value long arrays. So like imagine mm-hmm. like nested array. You have uh, array and then you have twenty-two you know, another array with twenty-two characters, twenty-two characters, twenty-two characters, twenty-two characters, six times, right? So an array of arrays, it basically makes up this grid. It's each each number represents one of the pixels, if you will, on the vesta board, right? And so, if you want to do anything other than just plain text, if you want to decorate it with number or with letter, or sorry, not with letters, with colors and things like that, it can get a little bit complex. So we have a class called like birthday announcement or uh, anniversary announcement or whatever, and it it basically will handle creating that that six by twenty two. Grid mm-hmm. that will then get pushed to the Vestaboard. So we have that's a Vestaboard announcement. It's a model, right? And it's got a it's a database record. And then we have a Vesta board schedule, right? And the Vestaboard schedule points to one of the Vestaboard announcements, right? And then it gives it a time that it needs to be displayed at. So simple enough, right? And then we just have mm-hmm. a, a scheduler that looks every minute and says, "Is there something that's scheduled to run this minute?" And if the answer is yes, then it pushes it out. And if it's no, mm-hmm. then it doesn't push anything out. Simple. No problem. Right? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Excellent. So that right now is good. Not a problem. The other thing that I have, though, is I have this um, need for something like a real-time announcement. So with a real-time announcement, I know what the content will be, but I don't know when it's going to happen. Right? Yeah. So if I have a real time announcement like an example of that would be something like a big payment like somebody who's on our uh production floor gets a big payment in the door right let's say something greater than $15,000 we mm-hmm. we right now we celebrate that in a couple different ways we have this like light show thing that happens in the production bay which is hilarious we literally have all these <laughs> LED strips around like these clouds and the and I, when I say clouds they're like Drop ceiling, sort of like squares that are out there for like sound control, but we lined them all with LED lights and then we have speakers in the ceilings. We play this little light music Mm -hmm. show, it's hilarious. Um, so that's cool, but the rest of the company has no clue that it's happening. So, what we're going to do is push them to the Vesta boards, right? Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. And so, um, with those, I have to push that in, um, at the time of the announcement, but I really only want that thing to show for like. I don't know, like a, a couple minutes maybe or something like that, mm-hmm. and then I want it sure. to kind of like go back to the previous announcement. I think mm-hmm. you know what I mean, yeah. Um, and so that that's the challenge. Like making the making the real time announcement is pretty simple, right? If I want to, if I want to do that, uh, I can just say okay, create a new Vesterboard announcement, and then once you do that, go ahead and schedule it for the next minute. Right. And if I do that, then it'll just, when the next minute comes up, it'll go ahead and do that. And then it's the, the question sort of becomes, how do I get back to the previous announcement? Right. So mm-hmm. let's tackle that one. Let's just use that as like a concrete example. So what, uh, what, what would your approach be? I know I've given you exactly like two <clears throat> seconds to think about it, but that's yeah. kind of like, that's the challenge. So where, where's your head go immediately? So my, my first, first thought would be, um, we've, with- that because you you know what's currently being displayed i guess right? i don't really honestly i mean i could by just putting like an active flag or a currently showing flag on the on the particular mm. record so that might work yeah mm.
0: yeah so you could put an active flag there or you could like pick the most recent one like order it by created at find the first one sure yeah like less than now yep um when you pop the the next one which is your like known text but unknown schedule, you could find the current one, kind of link the two together mm-hmm. so that you know, like, and then dispatch a job or something. There you go. You know, in five minutes or 10 minutes, like go and display this other thing. Yeah. And then because you know what was present at the time. So you can find that. Find it first. It, like yep. and 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 you don't even have to like it can be ephemeral in insofar as like just find and, what the thing is that is yeah. currently being shown display the new thing and then dispatch a job in like say run this in five minutes or 10 minutes or whenever to then display the previous whatever that message was
1: yeah and i guess that is Um, sort of the deal is like i could just use so that's sort of like the struggle that i'm at as i'm like okay do i care that the actual vesta board schedule is accurate or am i okay with just using a queued job to push something on there You know, Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, you you could you
0: could at the time of pushing that like announcement insert another record into the vesta Vesta board schedule uh that's like a duplicate, like replicate the previous one, and then just update the the schedule time. Yep. And that way, you've got that continuous history. Yep. Um, you know, if you care about having the history, then yeah, do that. Just grab that record, replicate it, update the the schedule time, and then. And then save it back to the database, and that'll that'll take care of that. Um, and that way, you've got also the you know historical tracking of every single message that was that was sent. Where if you go with the 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 job route, um, obviously you will lose. You know, there will there will have been another message that was displayed. You just won't know that historically.
1: Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So you know that that's a that's another approach to do it, I suppose. So actually, yeah. So keeping so like the two approaches that we've we've talked about then is. To just continue to use the Vestaboard schedule and essentially make that make that be true to what you want to happen, and then don't use a job mm-hmm. to do it. Basically, just push it on immediately as soon as you as soon as you know what time it needs to go on there, and then let the the scheduler that's going to run every minute control what's going to get picked up and sent. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Okay. That works. That works. Or the other option is. Forget the Vesta Board schedule. That's only going to be for scheduled announcements. Like, And mm-hmm. instead, just use a queued job to push it on there. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here, here I think is the challenge. So if I use a queued job, my co- my concern is collisions. Mm-hmm. So if like there is a payment announcement that comes in at the hour mark, mm-hmm. right? Like which one runs? Yeah, you don't want like, yeah. to it. It's like, you know what I mean? That, and that's sort of like the why why I wanted to do the the scheduled table mm-hmm. uh, is because I I want to be able to control make sure, to make sure that there's no collisions, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. like even if that's the case, even if there is a queue job that that runs at that time, so there, it's still po- so like even if I don't do that, even if I just use the board schedule, it's still possible that I could have two jobs that are scheduled for the same time for the same minute. That is yep. still possible. Yeah, so right? one
0: would fire, it would update the thing, and then it would update again straight away.
1: Yes, ex- right. So so what I'm doing right now is I'm saying, uh, every minute when you check, I'm saying, give me any that are scheduled to run right now and give me the first. Only give me the 1st mm-hmm. So the thought I had about that was, if I have a shown at timestamp, hmm I could do something like if there are multiple announcements to be shown, they would just be shown like one shows one minute and then the next one shows the next minute. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like if I pushed on like 10 announcements at the same time, it would just show an announcement for a minute and then it would say, grab grab all the ones that are supposed to show still. You know what I mean? Maybe it's not, maybe it's not even saying shown at this minute. It's just saying, grab me any that the show at time is previous to now and the shown at time is null, mm-hmm. right? And then it would just basically give me a stack of them and I'd say pop off the first one and display it. And then the next minute it's going to say pop off the first one, display it. Right. And so you can mm-hmm. have the stack where it's, uh, I guess that's going to be like a um, uh, first in first out sort of deal. Well, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I could do that. Okay. So that would work. That would work.
0: Yeah. the I mean, it depends on on the volume of notifications. If you're going to have like lots, you may never get through all of them.
1: That's true. But we're not
0: yeah, right. We shouldn't have that many. Like yeah. if it's, you know, if you've got one that comes in at the top of the hour and then at one minute past, you've got two. And then at three, you've got nothing at four. You know, you will eventually catch up. But if you get like five yeah. that comes in with a three minute period, you know, you might, I mean, it, you know, it. like I said, it's something to think about. But it doesn't sound like you've got the volume where that matters. Um, it's,
1: yeah, that's true.
0: It yeah. also depends on how real time you want things to be. You could, you could say, change your scheduled task from running every minute to running every fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Then and you, then,
1: then you'd only yeah only have one announcement every
0: fifteen minutes. Yeah. And then well no, because then what you could do is you could find everything from the preceding fifteen minute block. Um, and then you could figure out like, okay, I've got five. So you just divide however Ah, many you've got, however many you've got by 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. right? And then you say, have, or I'm sorry, I've got 15 minutes. I've got three that I need to display. So each one displays
1: for five minutes. That's a cool way to do it. That seems really interesting. And that way, that way, instead of, yeah, yeah. Instead of like having a crap ton of them. Mm-hmm. you know you'd basically just delay it for 15 minutes and you'd say i'm not going to show anything for the 15 minutes but when i get ready to do it i'm going to say give me whatever needed to display in the last 15 minutes uh-huh. and then and, and then, then schedule the next, display of yeah, over the out. next 15 minutes interesting right. um, that's interesting and that was something that
0: we did when i was at um Superloop was we would run at midnight a task that would then schedule everything that we needed to do because there was like requirements around when you could contact a customer like you can't contact them before 8am or whatever it was but 8am varies depending on whether you're in western australia or in, you know depending on what side of the country you're on so we ran the task at midday uh, at midnight sorry but we scheduled all of the work to commence from 8am in the respective records time zone so that you know we could space that so it's like it's easy enough to do it in in the context of laravel now in in that scenario we would just be like okay all of the ones in perth do at 8 a.m. Perth time, all of the ones at Sydney do at 8 a.m. and then like all that got kind of funneled through the queue and then the queue kind of managed when that was happening. But in in this one, you know, you want to say, okay, I've got X and I want to like, and then you just throw them on the queue and then they they just get displayed, you know, or, or how have you wanna handle that? To so then say, okay, I need to um show each of these three messages for five minutes. So you say, okay, pop this one now. And um, then the next one you go, okay, it's like whatever the iterator is, you know, for iron i is less than whatever um yeah. and then you know okay do one at zero one at five one at ten kind of thing and then so the first yeah. one gets done and then that kind of gives you the ability if something comes in in between them to kind of like okay so this one was supposed to show for five minutes but it only showed for three minutes because one came in at like at at you know it was supposed to show for five but it only got three because one came in at the three minute mark and then that showed for two minutes because and then yeah. we've got replaced by the next one so yeah there's there's obviously some variability there in terms of what you predict at the start of the 15 minutes may not eventuate through the end of it but it, it gives you the ability to at least schedule some even stuff in there and then if you need to put in the um you know the unknown time the real-time announcements then they can kind of just appear whenever and, yeah, and, exactly. and real, could... real-time announcements you could either push live you know just just yeah, send the API like request right directly. Yeah. Or you could have a separate task that is responsible for handling real-time announcements only that runs every minute.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You could, I mean, you even could, you could even have that one that's still running every minute. But Mm -hmm. then you have the, like, so that's the check to see if there's a schedule announcement available. But then you could also have one that you're talking about, which basically says uh, schedule the next 15 minutes of announcements Mm -hmm. of scheduled announcements, essentially. Yep. Which is like, see what's available in the queue that needs to go. So you'd have another table, another table. That's like just a queue sitting there waiting for, uh, what needs to go out still. Right. So instead of getting pushed straight onto the schedule, it's going to get it pushed into a queued for schedule. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to sit there until the, you know, the push queued item to schedule command runs. And then it says, okay, how many do I have available to, to push through right now? Mm -hmm. I have, Three. Okay. Show one every five minutes for the next 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. That's cool. I like that. Okay. All right. Awesome. So then I also had one other one, which is, um, the batch announcements. Uh, yeah. Batch announcements. But I think this maybe solves that still even like the, the way we've discussed it. So mm-hmm. it would be like, um, Let's say instead of just a real time announcement for the big payments, let's say that every let's say that every hour on the 15 minute mark, I'm going to display all of the payments that are over fifteen thousand dollars aggregate, like for the day. So like I'm gonna, you know, if somebody got a fifteen thousand dollar payment at eight o'clock at eight fifteen, I'm gonna show that one. Mm -hmm. If somebody got one at eight forty-five and eight fifty. At nine fifteen, I'm going to show all three of them, mm-hmm. and then somebody gets another one at ten o'clock. At ten fifteen, I'm going to show all four of them, just in a row, like mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, a minute each. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I have with those batch announcements is like I know what time I want to run them, mm-hmm. but I don't know, like I don't know what the content is really until I get to it, right? So uh, maybe a, maybe a better example too is a um, like like. So let's just say it's, what's the total number of dollars collected for the day? Mm -hmm. I can't know that in advance. No, I can't, I can't schedule that. And the only thing I could schedule is it'd be like a type of announcement, I suppose, where like I could put it on the schedule, but it's not going to point to a record that already exists because it doesn't exist. Yeah, You know, so it's like, I either have to have a separate job that runs at that time that then pushes the announcement to the board, which probably is the easiest way to do it. Mm-hmm. right if i had a job that said run every hour on the 15 minute mark and push four new schedule announcements onto the onto the board that would probably be the easiest way to do it i think yeah yeah i mean okay. or you could or you could dispatch like a type of job and the job itself would be
0: responsible for then pulling out what it needs to
1: and then pushing them onto the onto the like schedule to calculate yeah. it
0: and then pushing your regular job yeah yeah that would work too mm-hmm. okay yep i think yeah. that works so i think like the the batch announcements thing kind of gets fixed up if you if you take that like approach where you're just going to schedule out the next 15 minutes worth of announcements Mm -hmm. um you know and and that kind of i think if you if you tie them together if if some announcements should be ephemeral like display this thing one two three four and then go back to whatever the first one was yeah Mm -hmm. you know um, like you'd get some overlap if you've got four you know that at minute four um, you need to then go and find that first announcement that was that was scheduled to display from you know minute zero to minute five, so that it yeah. gets another minute until the next. You know, so you 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 need to fill the gap. Um, but yeah, I think like those those things kind of then
1: sort themselves out. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I like that. I like it. Okay, that was uh that was all the stuff I had for that. So that's just, I'm really ex- I'm, like I said, we already have it working. It's good. Um. The other thing I had to figure out was, so the interface is actually pretty cool that they have. So on the web, they just give you this, mm-hmm. um, if you just go to web.vestaboard.com, you can play around with it. You can mm-hmm. actually sign up for it and do use, create like a test board and then you can like make your own little Vesta board displays. It's really, it's really cool. And then you can just share it on a website, yeah. like embed an iframe and, uh, you can push mm-hmm. to it. It's, it's kind of cool. So like if you have like a TV that you wanted to push this to rather than an actual physical board, you could have the TV yeah. point to the URL and it would just display the board on the TV. So if you had like a frame or something, right? Um, right. Yeah. And then you could push, you know, the API uh, endpoint and then it would just display. Uh, it, it would do all the flipping animation stuff. And then it would display it. Nice. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. Um, you can get a feel for like what it what it looks like and how it works if you just go web dot com, and uh, then you can kind of play around with it. It's kind it's pretty cool. So uh, yeah, that's been yeah, that's nice. been fun. Very nice. Yeah. Well, that's hey, cool. the other thing I think we should talk about um, is then ping me. I know you've been doing a lot of work on that recently. So what's what's the most mm. recent stuff you've been doing on there?
0: Yeah, so I had a I had a,
1: a spate
0: of nights where I just had the motive, like I had nothing to watch on TV and I had the motivation and the kids were in bed. So, um, I knuckled down and did some work. Um, as it turns out, one of our customers had asked for this functionality like a year and a half ago and it just like never eventuated because, you know, we got busy and it was kind of just running and we weren't really doing a whole lot with it. So the, the main thing that I did was the the ability to capture ex, uh, execution output from scheduled tasks. Yeah, that's really so cool. I love that. Some, some people, when, when they run their scheduled tasks, like there's some output printed to the screen. So especially if you're scheduling commands and normally you would run them as artists or you could run them as artists and commands um, on the command line, you might just schedule them to run every five minutes and they might spit some output to the, the screen. And, and the way that that we were doing things before, well, like we made sure that your task was running, but we had no visibility over what what it was doing or or anything like that. Um, and so what what we did, and like the the Laravel prune command, the model prune command, is yeah. an example mm-hmm. of one of those things that like does say, okay, I deleted a thousand, I deleted whatever. But there was no way of knowing. Like you knew that the task was running, but you didn't know if it was doing anything. And if it's important that you know what it was doing, yeah. there was there was no visibility over that. Um, and exceptions we were we were always catching. Like if your task failed, we would get a payload from your application that says, you know, the task has failed, and that would include the exception. But other than storing it, we're never displaying it anywhere. We weren't doing anything with it. So what what I built um, over the Easter weekend was the ability to capture it from your application and then send it up to then ping me and then um display it like there's just on the execution page there's now just a little magnifying glass that you click on it and it pops up the thing and it's you know the modal and and now you can see what the output was so just make sure that you don't was something like that,
1: i'll put any like passwords or anything stupid like that <laughs> that would mm-hmm, be great yeah right? yeah so um
0: you know key key to this whole thing is that it is opt-in um, sure. You know exactly. Yeah, it's we've, like we've, been very, automatically. we've been very, yeah. we've right? Where um, we've been very, uh, very conscious from the the beginning, like that this isn't all in in terms of monitoring all of your scheduled tasks, and we wanted that that experience to be really simple, that you just run the command and we will figure out all of your commands, we'll send them all up, and then we'll just keep an eye on them, um. But we're always very conscious, like, we don't know what your tasks are doing. We don't see the code of the task. We don't like, we do not do any of that. Um, so output, you know, really needs to be up to you to decide, do I want to send this so that I can view the output? Because unless you're doing something with it yourself in your scheduler, you know, if you're actively saying with output or then with output or whatever the, the Laravel commands are, you don't know um but you like you say you might very well be pushing some stuff out um in terms of credentials or, or whatever else so you know it's entirely up to you if you want to opt into it and if you're happy with then then ping me like we just we just store it and display it um so it's a it's a handy feature for that kind of thing if you want to see like what's happening in in your tasks and and you don't want to have like a separate solution you don't want to have to configure your you know per task what you want to do with all the output and things like that um, so, so we can now just do that. So as part of like version three of the client package that we shipped back when Laravel nine came out, um, I'd, I'd put this in because that, that gave us Laravel eight, which gave us a, some niceties around, um, named arguments and things like that. So it was easier to kind of configure. So there's now then ping me option that you can just tack on to any of your, um, schedule commands or schedule tasks. And and you can configure your task settings. So you can configure um, your allowed run times, your grace times, um, your, your notification thresholds. Like this thing can fail up to three times before I need to know about it kind of thing. So all of that is now configurable alongside your application schedule. And that means like you don't have to go into the UI and, and do it. And but we had this issue before where if you if you synced your tasks. Um, like you change the schedule or something like that, it would it would remove the task, but then it would go back to the defaults for those settings. So now that you can control them alongside your task schedules themselves, they're always kept up to date um, and you can change them quite easily. So um, that was another thing that we put in. So, you know, we can set project level defaults for all of those settings now. So if you know that all of your tasks are going to take at least a minute and a half to run, you can say, okay, well, for my project, I want the default allowed runtime to be two minutes and that'll just take precedence for everything. So we got that in and, and shipped. And so those are like a couple of customer facing features that we've pushed out, which is, which is good. Um, The other, the other thing um, that I'm working on at the moment is to also display that exception output. So exceptions, as I discovered this week, exceptions and like the failed task event that comes from then ping me are um, interesting in terms of because of the way that the task is run in sort of a symphony process it doesn't it doesn't bubble up into the task scheduler itself or into the schedule run command so it's um it's it's something that you need to sort of be mindful of but if there is an exception like if you have an undefined property or something like that those bubble up but throwing exceptions Kind of just like your task just exits normally, so um, we're putting in the ability to to view the exceptions as well, which will be available in the same UI. I'll get that pushed out in a little bit, and there'll be a tweet uh, alongside, I guess, this podcast episode, which will outline all of that stuff. But then we're also including that output in your in your scheduled task events as well. So if there's if there's output to display, we'll include that in an alert. If there's an exception, we'll include that in an alert. So just give me that, that more comprehensive stuff yeah, uh, in terms of reporting.
1: It's nice because this is the thing that's going to be telling you that it's failing. So instead of having to go elsewhere, you just click in and there it is, right? So it's your one-stop shop mm-hmm. for trying to debug exactly yeah. what's going on. Yeah. 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 I, I and,
0: and that was like the key thing for for me putting this feature together was that like we're already telling you that something's wrong, but we don't really want you to then go and look in paper trail or your log or, you know, wherever else to to find out what actually happened we've got the information so we'll just you know hand it to you and say now now go forth and fix kind of thing so um exceptions are probably a little bit easier because you know they'll get picked up by sentry or or honey badger or whatever you're using for your bug tracking but it's it's just good to have it all in one place to to kind of link it all together and, and go from there so that that's something that that's that's done um just you know a bit more of a comprehensive solution there um and i've got a few other things that I'm kicking around at the moment uh finally got to finish it like and i did i did all of this instead of doing the notification channels because like no one's really asked for it even though it's been a feature that we've kind of listed since day one is coming soon so um i want to get that out just so i can close that two-year-old issue off and um and have it done so some of the works there is just you know implementing it and and actually getting it behaving so that'll get done (laughs) soonish yeah yeah Uh. so that'll get done soonish um the other thing that i want to do is kind of revamp how we display executions because it's just a giant paginated list at the moment so it'd be good to show like a proper timeline like the task started here it'll also make it clearer if an alert was raised like if for example what what i see a lot with especially customers who have just signed up is that they're like um, they'll get, the, we'll get the task started and then the tasks by default are allowed to run for 60 seconds. And then they've got a task that runs for like 75 seconds. So, you know, they'll get an email saying your task is failing. And then 15 seconds later, we'll get the finish event and then we'll say, oh, your task is okay again. And this will happen like every time the task runs. And, the, and then eventually I get the email, it's like, what the hell? So, <laughs> um, and I'll, and it's like, this is... You know, there's nothing wrong with Nping Me in this regard. This is exactly what it's meant to do. It's supposed to tell you that your tasks that, you know, that they're not running the way that you expect them to. And, you know, that obviously has cascading issues. Like this this thing that runs is taking, you know, a minute and fifteen seconds to run, which means the task that was meant to run immediately at the same time is now not running until a minute later. And then, you know, you get this cascading effect of like failing tasks and missing tasks and things like that. So hopefully being able to see within the context of then ping me, you know, here is the start event that we received. Here is where it timed out. Here is where it finished. And here is where we closed the alert. So you can kind of see, ah, I know exactly what happened now. You know, this, this thing's happening. So that'll just be a little, little bit more clarity, I think for, for those customers um, to see that. And I've put like just a little one liner in the alert email. That's like, did your bug tracker not tell you about this? Like go and see our FAQ that explains like why this could happen and like it just goes through that exact scenario that you know if your task takes too long to run then yes we're going to tell you that there's something wrong with your task because we're expecting it to run for 1 minute and it ran for a minute and a half so yeah there's that and there was something else I was thinking of uh anyway there's there's a few few things on on the boil at the moment in terms of customer features the other the other thing that we finally completed or that that I wanted to get done for ages and I was like umming and auring about it um was to migrate from um RDS MySQL to Aurora MySQL. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Which we had to like we had to wait a long time for that because we were using some MySQL 8, MySQL eight specific features and Aurora only supported version 5.7. Oh, seriously. So I that know came that. out. Yeah. Yeah. It was only 5.7 compatible up and, and it's been MySQL 8 since I want to say September or October last year. Um and I was gonna jump straight on because for us to go from the RDS instance that we're on to like the lowest tier of Aurora was going to cost us the same, but we would have a much more performant, much more scalable database. And so in those scenarios where we get, you know, on the first of the month where everyone's every minute task yeah, and exactly. hourly task and first of month report, like when all of those things run at once and we get smashed, then the database can just, you know, scale up and scale down um, without having any impact on on anything else. So um, the first time I tried to do it, it just took an eternity like cuz you have to set up a read replica and so AWS will take a snapshot of your existing database while it spins up the aurora cluster oh, nice. it will then restore that snapshot or that database onto that and then it sets up replication and then it catches up in most applications that's fine um in our application we're talking like i don't know tens of thousands of or even hundreds of thousands of records that could appear between when that snapshot is taken and when the uh, the cluster is up and running. And so it just never completed. And I was like, what is going on? You know, this this should be fairly straightforward. But it just, like, it couldn't keep up. And what it turned out the issue was, was that because we were using a a small database instance, because, like, most of the time that was fine. We were using 6% CPU. We didn't have any issues with performance or anything like that. Um and then, so when I set up Aurora, it was like small to small and it just, it didn't want to play the game. It couldn't, it couldn't process that volume of replica, um, replication backlog fast enough to actually ever spin up. So this time around, what I did was like spin up a, a DBR five extra large, like whatever the base, like memory optimize, it had like 16 gig of Ram and four CPU cores and stuff like that. So it finished straight away. And that was great. And so as soon as that was finished, I then scaled the instance down. Um, so we're on like a T4 G medium, which is like the the ARM CPUs, which is supposed to be more efficient. And like it costs us the same now. And so before we had like 600 gig of storage provision because we needed the IOPS. Yep. Like if we had if we had an influx, we needed the IOPS so that we didn't like tank the server. Because if we tank the server, then it never catches up, and then um, you know we run into issues there with like. Tasks not running and tasks running late, like, like our own task running late because we can't keep up with stuff coming in. Then you know we get a backlog and then we're just sending emails to customers needlessly. So um, we don't. So we had to have like this massively over provisioned disk just to have the capacity in terms of IOPS. And so and there's no way to scale that down. Like once you once you have 600 gig of storage provision, yeah, you're on 600 gig, exactly. forever, which means we're paying for 600 gig of storage, but we're using like 10. Um. So now we don't have to worry about disk. there is no disk. Aurora will just scale up as we need it. there's no iops That'll, that, that all just happens. Um, we've got a more performant, more powerful server that's going to last us much longer. like the T other than the sporadic issues with iops, the the T3 small that we had before was was perfectly fine. like we didn't really need anything quicker or, or more powerful than that. Um, but now we've got multi-zone, or we've still got multi-zone we had multi-zone before. So we've got multi-zone. We've got all of the scalability boost that Aurora provides us. Um, we've got separate read and write instances as well. So if I want to run some, um, you know, some report, because we're not using the the reader instance in the application, but if I want to run reports, if I want to like smack the database to to find out, you know, how many how many active projects with tasks with alerts we have for customers that have active subscriptions. Um, I can do that, knowing that like running that query might lock the database, but it's not going to affect customers. Um, so that's really handy. And then we can just add and remove, like if we want to add another instance somewhere, if we want to put another instance in another availability zone or in a, you know another region or whatever, we can kind of do that stuff quite easily, um, which is which is really nice. And like it's not it's not costing us any more than it did before, which is the icing on the cake. So, absolutely, bonus, um, double bonus. I'm uh, yeah. I, I've just been like watching the metrics and things like that for, for the, so so we did that. We set up the the Aurora cluster. I then configured then ping me to use the cluster and and left the the original database kind of running just to you know just to see what happened. Um, so we watched that for a couple of days. Was happy with that. Uh, promoted the the read uh, the replica cluster so that it was like taking on all of the load directly. And um, it was Friday. Uh, so two days ago as we record this, I just turned off and deleted the, the old database. And <laughs> nice.
1: It never goes that smoothly. So I'm glad to hear that that happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So, you know, I'd, I'd had enough experience in terms of like our database doing weird things. Um, and the, the camel that broke the straws back was, was actually when I added the output field into our execute. So our executions table is our second biggest one. Third biggest one behind um, pings and and webhooks because we track all of those things coming in. Um, so I added this like output null default null column into a table that had seven or so million records in it, and the replication of that just caused everything to melt down. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and just do this now. So fortunately, I, I saw like I saw it happening. I saw the the IOPS kind of tanking. On, on the rds instance so i could go the last time we had database issues i put in all of these kill switches to like turn off execution um checking and and task checking and emailing of alerts and so you know if anything gets out of sync or falls behind or right. like we've got exactly. a heartbeat yep so i did that defibrillator so that if the heartbeat falls into the past then all of the notifications even if they're already queued up they just won't send they'll go up Nothing nothing to see here. Because and, otherwise and just, it's just know,
1: sending erroneous stuff. Yeah. So it's like hey Yeah,
0: otherwise you get all of these emails and they're like that'll be, you know, that could be half an hour late or an hour late exactly. or whatever else. So yeah. I just I went and I, I enabled all the kill switches, I let the database catch up and then I did this 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 fix. So um I'm pleased that I'm not knock on wood gonna have to worry about any of that stuff again. But um yeah, there's 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 a whole bunch of stuff coming now that, that everything's kind of like really it's been stable for a long time. Now, now I just want to do um, a bit of marketing and um, you know, getting it front of mind for people and and having people kind of know that it's there and it's an option and that you know I think we've got some really good features for for Laravel applications that really make the the sort of monitoring story and and all of that kind of stuff really like I think it really harmonizes with with Laravel and and the philosophies there um and and chris Fidal who's who's got his new um pushing boulders podcast I've been listening to that and just you know hearing those people talking about their experiences and and sort of getting their sass running has kind of given me a bit more um a bit more motivation to to kind of kick things into gear a bit and and to see if we can make something useful of of this this little thing
1: absolutely. Hey, dude, I hate to, uh, I hate to end the party here. I've actually, tonight I am recording in my room because every <laughs> other room that I have available usually is taken up. So I've got uh, daughters having a sleepover and then we've got, you know, all uh, my other kids are sleeping already. So this was the only quiet room in the house and like, my wife's like, Hey, I'm ready to go to bed. So it's, it's time uh-huh. I got to run. So all right. Yep. No worries. Absolutely. Um, so this is episode, what episode was this? Sorry. I didn't. 117. 117. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. Episode 117, you can find show notes for this episode at northmeetsouth.audio slash 117. Rate us up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be great. And hit us up on Twitter at Michael Dorinda at Jacob Bennett or at North South Audio. Until next time, my friends, we will see you later. Bye-bye. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye.